Welcome to Stony Brook Church. We're so excited that you're here to worship with us, whether you're in person or online this morning. My name is Pastor David Hoffman, and on behalf of the whole staff, including our preacher for the day, Pastor Jennifer Casey, and our Pastor Emeritus, Pastor Bob Thomas, we welcome you uh, to worship. You'll find an online bulletin for your use and a chance to register your attendance and a place to share your prayer concerns online at stonybrook.church worship, and we invite you to visit that. Also, if you're with us, you can use your connection card located in your bulletin to register your attendance with us. And on the flip side of that, there are opportunities uh, for you to sign up and volunteer and get involved in the life of the church. New member classes will begin soon, and if you're interested in, in learning more about membership here at the church, um, then plan on joining us as we discover what it means to be a United Methodist, what it means to be a member here at Stony Brook Church. Attendance in the class is not a commitment to join Stony Brook, simply a time for you to learn more about the church and about the people and discern whether membership is the next step for you. This two-day class will be held on Saturday, October 23rd, and Saturday, October 30th from 10 until noon. You can sign up online at stonybrook.church growth or, or by calling the church office. And if you need child care, child care will be provided. Also, don't forget, last week we um, gave a challenge for cookies for Kairos. It's time to bake those cookies and bring them with you um, next week to worship. Dan Shoup, Craig Baller, Gary Weaver, and Jim Klein are asking that we assist them in baking 600 dozen cookies. Um, and if you were not here last week, um, you can pick up information um, as you leave today about um, the uh, instructions to bake the cookies. You can also find out more online uh, by visiting um, our website or looking in the weekly email newsletter. You'll find much more information in your bulletin and online. Let us now turn our hearts to a time of worship as the prelude helps center and prepare us for worship this day.
I invite you to rise in body or in spirit as God calls us together in worship. Listen, for the voice of God comes near. We come to worship the God who became one of us, who is love incarnate. Let us gather together in joy and in hope. Let us pray. Holy and generous God, we often look for you in the wrong places. We put our trust in material things. We have so much and want so much more. We worry about things we cannot change. We have so many things that claim our time, our energy, our resources, our very lives that we leave little to follow you. For all the times we have doubted you, O oh God, forgive us. For all the ways we have neglected your call upon our lives and have ignored your people, forgive us. Do not be far from us, O oh God. 
Remind us that there is no wrong that you cannot make right. There is no chasm that that can truly separate us from your love. Remind us that with you all things that, that work to bring your kingdom here on earth are possible. Remind us that you will not forsake or leave us. Remind us that you never cease offering us healing and hope. For you are patient and kind, generous and good. Remind us again that you seek transformation in our lives, that you call us from death to new life. Help us, O God, to look for you in our homes, in our workplaces, in our families, and in all our relationships, that we may never stop pursuing your ways. O God, our help in ages past. O God, our help in this day. We pray for those who are suffering in body, mind, or spirit, and for all who provide care for the needs of others. We pray for those who are grieving. We pray for the lonely and the despairing. We pray for those who struggle with addiction. We pray for those who are trapped in situations of abuse. We pray for those who are making difficult decisions in life. God, we pray for your church and its mission in this world. And we ask that you bless all of your children, that you pour your spirit upon us, bringing healing, comfort, and strength wherever it is needed. And now, O oh God, listen. Listen as we are bold to join our hearts and voices together, practicing the unity that you would have as we pray together with one voice. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
Hear now these words from the Gospel according to Mark, taken from chapter 10. As he was setting out on a journey, a man ran up and knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, you shall not defraud, honor your father and mother. He said to him, teacher, I have kept all these things since my youth. Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said, you lack one thing. Go and sell what you own and give the money to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. When he heard this, he was shocked and went away grieving, for he had many possessions. Then Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how hard it will be for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. And the disciples were perplexed at these words, but Jesus said to them again, Children, how hard it will be it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. They were greatly astonished and said to one another, Then who can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, For mortals it is impossible, but not for God. For God all things are possible. Peter began to say to him, Look, we have left everything and followed you. Jesus said, Truly, I tell you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for my sake and for the sake of the good news, who will not receive a hundredfold now in this age, houses, brothers and sisters, mothers and children and fields with persecutions, and in the age to come, eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and the last will be first. This is the word of God for all of us, God's children. Thanks be to God. Let us join our voices together by singing the response to the word. join me in a spirit of prayer. O oh God, for the gift of these ancient, holy, sacred words, we give you thanks. Open our hearts and our minds so that we may hear the message you have for us today. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. 
Amen. What is the kingdom of God? What does the kingdom of God look like? How would you describe it, and what does it mean to be living under God's reign? These are the types of questions I found myself asking in the various Bible study classes I was a part of this past week. If you've ever taken a study or been in any type of leadership with me, you probably already know that I love questions. I love thinking of them. I love asking them. I love the process by which I may or may not be able to answer them. I love working with others as they move through their own process of answering questions. If you show up to one of my Bible study classes expecting me to give you all of the answers about life and faith and love and God, I promise you, you're going to be disappointed. I'm not able to answer all of the questions. No pastor or human being, for that matter, is. Because life is not simplistic, faith is not easy, and God is not containable. Questions invite us into a process where we can consider new possibilities. In these possibilities, we can see some of the contours of our faith becoming more dynamic, sharper, and bursting with beauty. It is the place where we recognize that life is not either or. It is not clear-cut. The clarity presents itself paradoxically in the nuances, the arcs, and the curves of life and faith. It is in these places where the discovery of God is life-altering. God is uncontainable. I wonder what brought the rich man to ask Jesus his question. By the way the story reads in Scripture, it sounds like he was already following the teachings of his faith. He knew and kept the commandments of the Jewish tradition, and it sounds like he had been following them all of his life. So why now did he have questions? Why now did he reach out to Jesus? Had something happened? Perhaps the death of a loved one, leaving him having some existential crisis, had a conversation about eternal life come up with his friends, and now he had some questions? Was he feeling empty or lonely or depressed or confused? What was he expecting to hear from Jesus? We don't know the answers to any of these questions. The reality is, it doesn't matter. Just considering them invites us to put ourselves in the rich man's shoes and think about what could have drawn him to Jesus. How have you been drawn to Jesus? When have you asked questions about faith? Where have you wrestled with the complexities of life? How has Jesus answered you? Jesus looks at the man and sees him 
really sees him. He responds, not in a way that is harsh, not in a way to bring about shame, not in a way that is de degrading, but looks upon him with love and compassion. And in love, he delivers words he knows are going to be difficult for this man to hear. Give it all away. Sell it. Donate it to the poor. Come, follow me. I can show you what life can really be. In other words, follow me and I will show you the kingdom of God. It is so revolutionary, so countercultural, so mind-bending, so beautiful that you won't care that you don't have your worldly possessions any longer. I'm the guy. I can provide all you need, and I promise you will experience transformation. God is uncontainable. The images we have for God will never fully capture who God is because our human minds are limited. In this limitation, it is not uncommon for us to try to tame God. The man walks away, shocked, grieved by this news from Jesus. What had he been expecting? What happened to him after this encounter? Did he ever follow Jesus' advice and give it all away? Did he continue living life as he always had been? What happened of him? How did he tell this story to others? Did he justify to his friends why he couldn't give it all up? Did he justify to himself why his answer needed to be no? In what ways do you justify not answering the call of Jesus? How have you limited God's activity in your life? How have you kept God small and yourself comfortable in your discipleship? Being a disciple is not easy for anyone, anywhere. It's a sacrificial relationship a covenant between you and God. When the choice is made to enter into this covenantal relationship, it means work on our part. Yes, of course, as United Methodists, we believe in justification by faith, but that does not let us off the hook of investing in and being intentional about growing in our own faith. Otherwise, all we have, as Dietrich Bonhoeffer puts it, is cheap grace. He describes cheap grace this way when he says, it is the grace we bestow upon ourselves. Cheap grace is the preaching of forgiveness without requiring repentance, baptism without church discipline, communion without confession. Cheap grace is grace without discipleship, grace without the cross, grace without Jesus Christ living and incarnate. The living Jesus showed his disciples through his healings, teachings, living, loving, death, and resurrection what the kingdom of God looked like. It looks like care. It looks like forgiveness. It looks like healing. It looks like serving. It looks like generosity, humility, justice, sacrifice, 
It looks like life for all, no exceptions. The kingdom of God looks like freedom. Freedom from oppression, freedom from anger, freedom from bitterness and resentment, freedom from loneliness and suffering, freedom from hurt, and freedom from all of the components of life that hold us back and keep us small. The kingdom of God is every single human being living into their full potential as a beautiful and beloved creation of God, a creation of God that was designed to reflect God's goodness and love in this world. And it's not a place for the faint of heart. It's not for the faint of heart because God is uncontainable. We do not know where God will take us, what God will show us, how God will change us. This is scary. Being a disciple takes courage. It takes some moxie to answer God with a yes. At least that's the way I'm translating Jesus' next words to his disciples. I honestly don't think Jesus was trying to be discouraging when he turns to his disciples and says, it's going to be difficult for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. I think what he's doing is pointing out that he recognizes how very difficult it is for humans to truly relinquish that which we think we need to hang on to. Money, power, status, Comfort, ego, what do you have trouble relinquishing? What barriers do you have to God really piercing your heart? What scares you? God is uncontainable. After 20-something years in the workforce, I've recently discovered a planner that actually works for me. Being an uber-pragmatic person, I didn't want anything fluffy. I needed something clean and neat and organized and practical. And I stumbled across this planner system that would satisfy all of those needs. What I quickly discovered is this planner ended up being something much more each day, the planner invites me into the process not only of mapping out and prioritizing my time for the day, but also into a process of reflection. There's space in it to list things that I'm grateful for, things I'm looking forward to, places of unrest in my day, and ways to improve. It turns out that something I purchased simply to keep me organized is also, to help, is also helping to keep me accountable in meaningful ways. At the top of each day, there is a place to write in a theme. Sometimes I leave it blank. Other times I may write a word or a sentence in there. Recently, though, I found myself writing the same thing every single day for several weeks. I had read something that sparked a question in me. And so at the top of each day, I found myself writing, 
Where is God in the wild and untamed? The question became for me a way to remember that God is all around, in the midst of all places, and revealing love in ways that may be uncomfortable, unusual, strange, and sometimes even irritating. God is in the wild and untamed places of life. I love the wetland area over by the bridge outside on the Stony Brook property. Whenever Benzie and I are headed out that way for a walk, his nose is immediately drawn to the ground, picking up the sense of the creatures who call that place home. My eyes are always drawn upward to the wildflowers, the red-bellied blackbirds, and all of the other birds that come to rest on the top of the flowers. I love listening to the insects chattering, the frogs singing, and the water gently flowing over the stones. It is peaceful and beautiful from a distance. I'm comfortable observing the wetlands from the path the paved, neat, clean path, the path where the ticks can't get me, the path where I can see a snake coming, and the path where the spiders are kept at bay. It is safe on the path. I wonder what would happen if I left the path. What would it be like to step in the marshy brush is the land uneven? Would my feet sink in the wet ground? Would the birds fly off? I wonder what would happen if I left the path. What do the wildflowers look like up close? What insects call the wetlands home? Would they get on my skin? How would I react? I wonder what would happen if I left the path. What could I discover? What else out there is beautiful that I have yet to see? How would my perspective of God's creativity change? What would happen if I left the path? Jesus calls us to leave the path. He invites us to step away from that which is safe, that which is comfortable, that which is easy. He beckons us to take a step forward into the wild and untamed. He knows that this is where our hearts are broken open in the most transformative of ways. This is the place where we really begin to see God's reign. As we step off the neat, clean, safe path and into the wild and untamed, life as we know it will never be the same. It is scary, terrifying even, but with God all things are possible. The eye of the needle may be narrow, my friends, but it is not closed. There is room. Can you hear Jesus? He's standing on the other side, calling to each and every one of us, saying, Come, follow me. I will show you life. Amen.
sharing life with others, and sometimes that is in very practical ways. For the month of October, we are participating in Socktober. We'll be collecting new socks and underwear and the laundry baskets provided um, in the narthex for Star House. It's a drop-in center for homeless youth ages 14 through 24 here in Central Ohio. And if we receive any child-sized items, they will be donated to Grin. So we invite you to participate in that, in that ministry of giving um, new underwear and socks. Friends, as we enter our time of offering, please know that we have provided several opportunities to receive your weekly offering, including dropping your financial gift in one of the baskets as you, as you make your way in or out of this worship space, also mailing your contribution to the church office or by giving online. Friends, I invite us to stand as we give thanks and celebrate um, our offerings this day. With open hands and thankful hearts, we offer to you all that is already yours, O God. Everything we possess is a gift from you. You so freely give us what we need, and you promise us even more. Take what we offer this day and use it for the goodness of your kingdom. Help us share generously with others all that you have so generously given to us. We ask this through your Son, Jesus Christ, who lives and prays with us. Amen.
friends, as you leave this place, take with you security in the knowledge that you are a beloved, beautiful creation of God designed to reflect God's goodness in this world. Open your hearts up to the ways that God can transform you so that you can live into the fullness of all who God created you to be. Go in peace and live as servants of Jesus Christ this week. Amen.